Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the hatchet head. Like burying the hatchet. I get it. Uh, they won't get it yet, though. No. I gotta get to it. Um, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Hatchet head, <laughs> what are we talking about? Today's, today's episode is about a party divided. Um, so we're going to talk about what happens when your party has several different uh, points of view and it's hard to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with calling back to our intra-party conflicts episode um, because this is a little bit different than that. It's not just about... Oh, characters have disagreements. This is like, you need to make a decision on what side of the war you're going to be on. Right. Um, So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to move on to just like what the situation looks like. Right. You know, you got a big war and you can go describe what we're what situation we're talking about. Uh, And then finding a resolution. Yeah. Which is the point. Um, uh, Faithful listeners will kind of be able to probably fit this episode in with a few other ones about like, you know, we're going to talk about our intra-party conflict discussion. We're also, uh, you might remember when you stall out, when you've lost Mm -hmm. momentum, how do you move forward? This is another episode kind of in that vein about like, you know, how do you move past whatever is stopping the good role-playing from happening and get on to playing type of of thing? I mean, we've run into it a couple of times in, in our game, so we feel that it's common enough uh, to talk about it um, because, you know, it can be it can be a weird situation and um, something unfamiliar to um, some new players or maybe, you know, seasoned players who have never gotten to a point like this. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so our intra-party conflict episode that we did was talking about conflict between players, like specifically like incompatible behavior, like morality, like, you know, you gotta... Jokes like, you know, the paladin who doesn't like it that the rogue in the party does pickpocketing or whatever. And, you know, how to to work that in, how to not have that be a thing that gets in the way of having a good time, but how to, you know, how to use stuff like that to actually move things along and deepen and enrich the experience. Enriching the experience is something we're, we're, we're always talking about. Right. So we, we came up with some ground rules in that episode and just like to take a moment to say them here because mm-hmm. uh, they still apply to this thing, right? So like first one is just don't take it personally, right? It's a game, trying to have fun. It's like not advisable to be like, oh, well, you know, this character keeps stealing shit from me. So like now I'm mad at the player. Right. You, know, you should be mad at the character. Yeah. Right. Um, go along with it, role play. So like maybe they're always like, hey man, don't touch my food when I get up. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then on the other side, you know, don't overdo it, right? Like if you guys, if the characters really get into an argument, um, there should <laughs> be a, you know, take a step back and like let's not spend an hour and a half in a fictional argument. Right. Even if, you know, you're having fun, even if two characters are having a real good time arguing with each other in character, not everyone else gets to enjoy that on the same level. And, you know, 
that doesn't do such a great job of spreading right. the because the play it's time. a it's a cooperative game, not yeah. uh, not a selfish game. Right, and your time is limited, so you gotta you know you gotta share how much time. Yes. Yeah. So um, I mean, this time we're talking about more like major pivotal moments, uh, external forces acting in the party rather than like two characters, you know, having a beef. This is like the world is having a beef and your players are stuck in the middle of it. Right. This is, you know, when the wild hunt is there and all the, and all the Imperial forces are there and the Witcher has to decide like, you know, who's is, who are really his allies and whose agenda is he going to follow that, that type of moment. Um, usually at the end of a campaign or at like a, you know, a climactic moment in a campaign, but not always. It could just be like, you know, we're not really sure how to play this situation when there's external things acting on the party mm-hmm. and loyalties might be divided about which way to go forward. Right. Like, so it could look like a climax, uh, that everybody enjoys, mm-hmm. right? Haha. <laughs> Sex joke. Um, that was a just a dumb joke. I forced it. <laughs> Anyways, so like you know, uh, a climax. Uh, you know, subplots are coming together. Uh, this is like the do or die moments. Uh, major decision time. We have to choose our allies or um, you know uh, talk to uh, Siri and say some things. And depending on how that conversation goes, depends on like the ending that you get, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the mass effect style like oh i'm gonna choose my party members for the final mission it's like you're gonna right. do this job you're gonna do this job and some people might die and yeah that so yeah major decision time with um with with major consequences on the line and the party's not really sure how they want to do it so for example uh in one of my uh recent uh gm moments so i was running this uh campaign called eckhart holds in afterlife afterlife original setting by mm-hmm. us original rules check it out go check it out on drive through rpg um anyways afterlife there were several factions involved um the players had been dinking around in this town uh, basically wait, waiting out the winter it was winter time and it was up at the great lakes area so they they couldn't really leave town right so they kind of got involved they needed money to survive the winter you know (laughs) in um or paying for their inn was expensive they didn't have the money they started doing work right they started getting involved making connections um and getting involved in just the politics of this little town right so one of the town leaders um basically just came out and said it to him eventually. It was like, yeah, I should be in charge, mm-hmm. not my cousin. He's an idiot. I'm going to do a coup. And prior to that, she was acting kind of shady, and we were like, well, she must be up to this. And then mm-hmm. and then she came out and said it, and it was like, kind of put it on the line. Knew it. So And then the party addition, has to be like... In addition to that, there okay was with this that? Uh, outside force. A rival town was trying to come in and kill everybody. Right, so there's that threat, there's this coup going on, and you know, the person um 
initiating the coup, she was by no means like a saint or anything. She done some bad things and half of the party really hated her and half of the party was like, she's not that bad. At least she's honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, she seems better than her cousin because her cousin is kind of a dick. Um, So it was split. Like the party was like, are we going to back this person? Are we going to kill him? Uh, What are we doing here? And we haven't got, well, long story short, we didn't actually get to that pivotal moment, but I was kind of stressing about how am I going to play this? Because it would be a real shame if these this group of five characters couldn't come to a unanimous decision on what to do and ended up, like, disbanding over this because then, I don't know, I have to, like, switch adventures and campaigns of stuff that, you know, and then I already wrote a bunch of stuff for this and then it would just be sad. Mm-hmm. Right, so like that's kind of what we're talking about here. A party divided, right? Very complex situation. Everybody's got their own thoughts of like, well, I didn't like how Katarina did this. Mm-hmm. She kidnapped a child and used it to extort violence. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. But also, her cousin is a big old oaf who is being who controlled be by a shadow yeah. you know, government, shadow fascists. Mm-hmm. Also, there's this other town who, like, we don't really know anything about them other than that, like, they kill this town, but, like, they might be better than both of them combined. We don't know. So, yes. Um, And I believe that's my example. Mm -hmm. I believe you have one as well. Yeah. Well, so listeners listeners have a chance to be a little familiar with this. I didn't quite carry this off, but during the the cyborg... um, episodes well the it was it was a big one shot that we ran uh and then we divided it up into a couple episodes but the uh the situation at the shady acres like mega tower where where the adventure was centered what i was trying to create was a situation where like dane and enzo didn't like anybody and what ended up happening is that the gang who was kind of controlling the place sort of came out as the good guys and maybe if i ran a longer campaign i would have had time to make it so that you know they did some bad stuff too and you're like oh shit now we're uncomfortable working for them but i wanted you to you know be hired by like a government operative obviously you don't want the corpos to win but you don't trust you know the government operative who hired you and then also like the third faction, the gang, is bad because, you know, they extort people and they use violence and terror tactics and stuff. I didn't quite get there, but that's what I wanted it to be so that Dane and Enzo would be in a situation where, like, you know, they were unsure about which way to go and who to side with. That's what I was trying to create. And situations like that, are what we're talking about here. So when the party is in a high-stakes situation with multiple outcomes, unclear results, and a lot of just kind of like least evil options, how do you find the resolution? Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I don't, I don't know if I should put you on, It's I'm not trying to put you on blast here, um, but the Shady Acres example... Mm. Like, one way that you could have done that, because I just re-listened to it, you know. It's mm-hmm. out now. Yeah, it's out now. You go... They're cool. It was... I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that was exactly what Kai was trying to do when he went to the, the cat house, mm. was he was trying to feel out 
like how the I, gang yeah. treats. And I was like, oh no, they're actually yeah. not that bad. Mm. And then after the fact, I was like, I should have made them bad. I should have made oh, them disappearing yeah. sex workers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh no, we hate living under this regime. Mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, well, shit, we got to get them out of this regime. You're right. I was like, I made them nice. Yeah. And and that was a... But you know. anyways, so yes, a decision where Kai and, and Maine were like, we kind of hate everybody involved here. What do we do? Right. And then like, if Maine had been like, well, let's back the gang. They got a good meat maker. Mm-hmm. And then Kai would be like, well, the gang really the treats their bad. hookers bad. So yeah. like... So that's... I don't want to do that. Conflicted loyalties and, and no clear path forward. You're right. It would have been pretty easy for me to set that up that but way. Anyways, that's what we're talking about. So, like, if Kai and Maine wanted to back two different factions, mm-hmm. right? You know, just how the players in my group, um, half of them hated Katarina, the the coup faction. Half of them were like, eh, she seems okay. Um, so, yes, we have these situations where it would be really easy for like the characters to just go separate ways but of course you know that's a that's go- okay for a book right but this is a role-playing game mm-hmm. where so we do we just end this campaign right now pick new characters and the gm has to come up with a whole new thing right because right? they split up because they disagree and they mm-hmm. go separate ways which you know fiction wise like you said for a novel yeah, and then you have different POVs and stuff, mm-hmm. but that that sort of thing doesn't really pull off. And like, in if playing. if the game master made this web that they wove so complicated, um, you know, that's that just might be what ends up happening, which would kind of suck. But also, like, the game master could you know be like, yeah, I wrote something so complicated that everyone was so into it that like I made them like they got to like a stun point of yeah paralyzation decision paralyzed boom that's how good i am at writing stories (laughs) anyways so to find resolution because we don't necessarily want that to happen because you know it takes a lot of work to come up with all this stuff and then if you just ditch it it's kind of kind of sad anyways right right so Resolution for these situations, right? Uh, well, there's always the real-life conflict resolution techniques, mm-hmm. right? What do you do when you have a group at work trying to get a task done and, like, everyone's like, well, I think we should make a spreadsheet about this. And somebody's like, well, I think if we just all enter that on this app or whatever, I don't know, I'm bad at examples and work because I don't pay attention at my work. <laughs> I mean, I work very hard. <laughs> right, so you, you talked about it. You have like a seminar, mm-hmm. right? Everybody gets a chance to, to talk about what their views are, how they're feeling, what you know their thoughts on this and that are. Right. Or, you know, you could have a vote. Um, and you could do seminar and then vote. Mm-hmm. You could combine the two things. But then, uh, so... Like this, this idea, you vote on it and then, you know, you, you define like two or three clear paths forward. Like, what are we going to do? You vote on it and then you commit to one. Um, you can do this in character if, if the party feels like they have the role playing chops for it to have, you know, a, a discussion about the way to move forward in character. 
that's pretty cool because then they vote and they decide and they go forward and maybe some characters are unhappy with the results, but all the players should still be pretty comfortable with the results. And that is something you should strive for, but mm. that might not necessarily be, you know, super reasonable. Not every party, not every player character right, will feel has, comfortable getting that into character. Has detailed and, notes that they can look back and like, yeah, my character feels, feels this way because of these this things. This specific situation right? and would prefer to go you know, this way. If you're like most people, you don't write anything down, mm-hmm. even when the game master tells you to, which I am guilty <laughs> of as well. Um, so then like, yeah, when you're in a decision point like this, you're like, actually, I don't really know how my character would feel. And then it's okay to do it out of character and be like, okay, well, what is the better thing to do for just like, how are we going to move the game forward? We're talking about this just Mm -hmm. as players sitting around a table with the game master, who is also a player and be like, what should we do, do we think? And pick the thing that is going to be, you know, uh, that is going to maximize, like, your gameplay experience. Be like, we're going to do this. And then you can kind of decide how your character feels about it as you go, but the party has made a decision. They're going to pursue this. Uh, And the, the GM can also add some insight into, like, this is... Your character knows a little bit more about the world because they live in it. They've been paying attention more. So, like, as a player, uh, you might, like, ask, like, hey, so, like, I don't love that Katarina kidnapped a kid and used that for her own gain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really want who, her to succeed. Yeah, don't However, really want to work for her. Like, has she given any indication about her plan if she were the leader? Like... Is it going to be a, a fascist dictatorship or like, is she just going to set things up for them to succeed in the future? You know, like, oh, I'm going to make democracy because like everybody always says they're going to do that, mm-hmm. but then it never happens. So like, what's that vibe? And then the GM can be like, well, you know, by the th- way that she says things or phrases that she uses, it seems like she's probably just going to be another fascist dick. Mm-hmm. And then you can be like, okay, great. So I know I don't want that. But whatever the answer is, this, this is a really cool thing, I think, as a game master. This is a moment where you get to, you know, flex your world building and flex, you know, your chops as a writer and a, and a, uh, a designer of the experience and be like, well... Because your character, you know, is this character and feels this way or has this certain background, I think probably, you know, you would feel more comfortable about Mm -hmm. this. And players, you know, that could, on the surface, kind of seem like you're taking some agency away from your players. But if they're not sure, if they're at a point where like, uh, this is, you know, this is more in-depth role-playing than I had prepared for. I think it's absolutely fine and kind of a cool moment as a game master to be like, since you came from this background, you probably feel this way. And players, especially if they don't know what to do next, they'll probably happily latch on to that mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? Yeah, okay. All right. Then I feel this way. I uh, I will support this you know, new regime. I'm okay with that. And now the party begins to you know coalesce and have a clear goal that they can work towards you can you can inject that into your player characters a little bit as a game master without you know overriding their agency or rewriting you know characters that you didn't create yeah i do though and like this could just be 
coming off of like our my recent experiences with our group and stuff like i'd like to think that players want to have their characters be good team member not necessarily good team members mm-hmm. but they want to continue to be part of the team and like yes they might have some strong convictions about stuff but like at the end of the day they want to stick with the people who have their back in a fight however in recent experiences it's kind of disproven that and like kind of made me hate it it's like why why can't people just like they can make a weird character but like they don't follow the storytelling rules of like even though this character has their quirks and like you know they don't fit in they're not perfect friends with their teammates but like you know they still all fight through danger together why can't they like listen to each other and support each other why is it always got to be about me 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 yeah. me always got to be about the differences that is interesting i've noticed that too that you know you come up with the character and the weird things about the character often become the central yeah they become the most prominent things about that way you play that character the way that character behaves in a given situation Mm -hmm. and oftentimes like you said at the expense of party cohesion and to a degree that drama is fun Mm -hmm. and can be exciting but then there's that point where you cross over into now we're not progressing now we're not moving forward on account of mm-hmm. this commitment to like our weirdness. And I mean, maybe that's a subject of a whole nother thing. How do you you know, how do you make sure that the players above all, you know, like personal yeah. weirdnesses, mm-hmm. the like the power of friendship, the the party loyalties, those are still the most important things. Right. And so Well, because I mean that's what this whole conversation is basically based on, is that that truth that they will want to be a cohesive party so like in a moment like this as a game master if you give them like a pretty clear option mm-hmm. and be like this is probably the best <coughs> like the assumption is they're going to take that but right. like i don't know i guess it's just you know today versus and like all my like recent experiences kind of made me doubt that um even though we wrote that in minds when we wrote all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting thought that. Well, it's yeah, it's a thought that I hadn't really examined until you said it. But then I thought about the way I've been playing characters recently, and the way you know I've observed other people yeah. do stuff. There has been, I think, um, so a, a really great example of this, I think, is was Enzo's character from Cyborg, who had some mm-hmm. quirks and weirdness, and he made sure that like he indulged in that. He had to go like find raw meat. And I, I tried to accommodate that and I used that to, you know, let him have some conversations and explore the world a little bit. But then he came back to the party each time he did that. And that, I think that's the best version of it, you know, like indulge your quirks, but not at the expense of major group decision making. And a lot of characters will fall into, you know, the trap of being like, no, 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 I have to. I have to be so quirky. I have to, like, the weird part of my character is the thing that I have to always put foremost in the way I behave. I mean, it's that, you know, that's, it's that meme. It's like, nobody's just a guy, right? Like, 
oh, a fucking dragonborn and elf, a dwarf walk into a human bar. Right. And it's like, players always go weird. Which is fine, but just I, yeah, know, it's exciting, interesting that like. But it's yeah, it's an interesting thing that we're we're opining on right now, mm. um, and it is the core of this problem. This this tendency for players to focus on the weird aspects of their characters is why you get into situations like this where you know it is time to do something. Re, you know, the climax of the story. And the party doesn't have a clear way forward because mm-hmm. people disagree about how to do it. All right, so back on topic. Mm-hmm. Um, what we were talking? Oh yeah, so the, you know the GM given a, a juicy lead there about where to go, uh, and that like that can be done through uh, like an NPC. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done. You know, fourth wall break where the GM's just like, listen, guys, you probably feel this way. This is how you're gonna feel. Yeah. You know, have like a like an NPC that maybe like you know everybody likes. Um, like for example, in in my Eckhart Hold um, session or adventure, uh, I had an NPC who was kind of like kind of like a Gandalf. You know, they'd come in, they'd like help out, solve a little problem give some knowledge, and then be gone again, mm-hmm. right? Everybody liked them. They're like, we trust this guy. Can't rely on them to solve any problems, though. Any real problems. Yeah. No, no, no. But, like... But they could come in and... You know, at a... At a... Well, at a pivotal moment like this, they could come in and be like, so, what are you guys going to do? Right. And then ask that question in character, and then, you know, get the players talking in character and being like, yes, well, like, you know, I really don't like how... Eckhart, Earl Eckhart has been ignoring me for months now. I've been trying to set up a a trade with my people and like I'm being constantly ignored. So I don't love that. And it's like, yes, well, that is very, you know, that is very true. You know, in recent years, your Earl, Earl Eckhart has kind of become, um, what's that called? Xenophobic. Mm. You know, he hates new people. And, like, it's so weird because, like, when he was a younger guy, you know, he wasn't that way. So, it's like, okay, well, maybe there's... Do you ever think he's going to go back? It's like, oh, probably not. Or, you know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you can do that. You can take, like, you know, this sage character or, like, you know, a favorite shopkeeper mm-hmm. and have them come to the party and be like, listen, I think this is what needs to happen. We're cool, right? You guys going to back me up? And use that to kind of break this deadlock and give the players, you know, a heading. Mm. And kind of just like, it would be role playing as a meteor mediator. Essentially. Yeah. Right. So like they don't have to actually add any new insight, but like, Oh, Hey Augustus, you haven't said anything in a while what are your thoughts on this, mm-hmm. right? And get more of the, of maybe the quiet um, players who just kind of, you know, they just, you know, do the stuff, they role play a little bit, but like, they're not like leaders of the group, but like, you know, get them involved, mm-hmm. right? That's a great way in character without, or without breaking immersion to do that is have an NPC 
being like, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. Right, because the because the ultimate goal is to find a resolution, so the 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 party, the adventure, and the fun can continue. Yeah, and that's the yeah that's the point. Um, I have a note in here that you know a one shot it can actually be like a huge selling point of a one shot that the in like a one shot can blow up mm -hmm. in your face. Um, it can end in an unsatisfying way. It can, uh, you know, one player character can leave. One player character can die. They can the, fight each other. You know, they, it can end, yeah, with a fight to the death between two of them. And you don't have to pay off whatever you set up narratively with a one shot because, you know, that's the point of it. That is not satisfying when you're doing an ongoing campaign mm -hmm. thing. You don't want just like a, oh... Party broke up. Or, Guns at you know, dawn. Yeah. You don't want that in an ongoing campaign. What you want to do is, you know, think about all these things and use the the techniques and the and the conflict resolution tools that you have. Get past this and have a thing that you're going to be trying to accomplish in the next session. Because if you don't, it's just not fun. Yeah. And, like... I guess, so, as a game master, if, like, you came to me and were like, yeah, my character, 69, he's he's going to dig his heels in on this one. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's time for him to go. Maybe that's he leaves and I make a new character. Mm -hmm. Or we get into a, a gunfight and he dies. And, and by gunfight, I mean, like, he gets into a gunfight with another player in, yeah. and dies. That is a perfectly acceptable <laughs> outcome, I would say, as a GM, um, if the player brings it to me first. Um, but I like, so, too. Right? It's, it's a little much if a player, you know, without telling the game master that, like, this is my, this is curtains for this character mm -hmm. one way or another. Um, I'm gonna pull guns on this yeah, guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn against my party. If the game master is not prepared for that at all, mm -hmm. that can be or the other player. So like yeah. you know, if you're just in like you know the the pub with Diggit, and then you suddenly just draw down on Diggit, mm -hmm. like that's that's putting a lot on me as the GM and Taylor as the player because mm -hmm. like Taylor's like what the fuck's happening right how do I respond to this you know like in real life we're friends why is mm -hmm. why is your character doing this um, it's like I don't know if you want to kill me or like you want yeah. me to kill you or like this is just a bit you're doing but if you do talk about that stuff a little bit outside and be like I think this is the dramatic thing mm -hmm. and the party may do this but I think this character, is going to kind of part from it. And it's not like I'm going to quit. I'm not going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to create a new character to, mm. you know, join the party with. But some sort of, uh, you know, breaking of the fellowship is going to happen. If you do a little bit of outside of gameplay mm. planning and discussion about that, it can be really, really fun, really, really dramatic. And it doesn't have to include everybody, but right. you should at least include your game master. Right. So, and like, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a game. So it's all about having fun and like you know being being chill mm -hmm. right so like you know there's there's a couple ways 
you know, communication is really good. It's like, yes, this is a very tricky situation. I'm kind of thinking this. And then out of character, like the GM can come back. It's like, okay, well, you know, I really don't want the party to dissolve. But like, if you left, you know, we could try this and have this angle now. Uh, And, you know, at least maybe not everybody is totally happy. But, um, you know, since it's a game, you can roll with it rather than, you know, an abrupt because like, you know, what if you had the three hour session planned and then, you know, the group couldn't get past it in an hour and a half. And then it's like, okay, so I guess we're done for the day. Um, We're make new characters next time. That's a waste of half an hour and a half right there. You had a whole chunk of role playing that you didn't get to because you couldn't come to a conclusion. Right. So, you know, find it how you can. We talked a little bit about it. Um, Right. So like, you know, if it's not what you voted for, if you're in the minority, you did a vote, you didn't win, kind of roll with it. Because like, then you can always just be like the big, you know, I told you so. We should have done what we should have done. What I said. Yeah. This wouldn't have happened if, if we did you, what I uh, said. What I had thought, which was a better idea. Yeah. So. Right. Yes. Um. And the party might, um, if like there really is no way through, everybody is just like this is too much for my character like they're gonna do this and you really can't come to a resolution in that setting it could just do it could be a the party stays together and walks away from whatever situation right they're like like, you know what we're not getting involved in this mm, we're gonna leave this palace and not do the palace intrigue or we're not gonna fight this dragon it's not our problem anymore Mm. but we are still gonna be a party and just right. go find a different right. adventure. You know, that would be like Kai and Maine being like, yeah, Shady Acres. We we kind of hate everybody, and like we can't just kill everybody and mm-hmm. run this arcology ourselves. So like we're just done. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna make any money here. But we, we can leave and go find a different. We're gonna job. go get a new job, right? And if the players are, you know, they're like, we can't solve this problem. We you know we we don't know what to do here and the best thing for us is to leave but the players are like we still like our characters we want to keep playing then that's you know fine as a game master and you're like okay next session we're just on to something new that's totally cool too and i mean this one i think above all the other like resolutions this one has is leaning most on the assumption that players want to be a team be a good team yeah that players value their like bonds with each right. other and the friendship of the party and just uh, like you know what this is the wrong thing for us making a decision to walk away from a fight or a you know a conflict that is too big for them or doesn't really involve them but they do want to keep adventuring together that's the yeah that's the assumption mm-hmm. right, which I thought was like a universal truth, but I might I might be wrong on that one. I think it's another episode where we kind of examine that idea at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. Danced around it, you know, with the intraparty conflicts. Um, the like, uh, was that the one 
where we talked about like it's what my character would do. Yeah. Or is that a different one? Okay. I mean, well, one. like that that conversation mm-hmm. directly pertains to this. Yeah. However, in whatever episode we we talked about it. Oh no, we did a whole episode about being a coworker, right? Yeah, being your coworker being not team players, right? Friends. And I think all of that, all of that conversation up until this episode might have been predicated on an assumption that is maybe incorrect. incorrect. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're probably going to have to come back to this idea. Well, let's write it down on a different board, mm. not the board. Not the board. Like a smaller... But the other board, board about ideas. The idea board. Um, yeah. And, right. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, but we'll get to that later. Have. That's not going to be this episode. Right. This episode brought to you by Afterlife. Just kidding. Um, I mean, it is, but yeah. But okay. So, so a quick recap. Yes. What do we do? We uh, so we revisited our intra-party conflict episode. We talked about the ideas there, um, and then we reapplied some of those principles to a different situation. This situation where the party is divided about how to move forward at a major decision point with external things working on them and kind of unclear outcomes and then we talked about techniques and tools for finding resolution and we got a little in the weeds about some assumptions about the philosophy of role-playing I guess which we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get into some other time but regardless I hope you guys enjoyed this one and as, as Brian would say I hope it got your brains a little itchy just thinking about role playing and getting excited to do more role playing because that's what this is all about. Uh, that's about going to do it for this episode of Two Ahead of Game Master. As always, if you like our stuff, head on over to 2HGM where we've got a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, we the got first thing you'll see. Oh, yeah. Was... We got Afterlife <laughs> for sale. Link is on our website, but you could also find it at Drive Through RPG, mm-hmm. Afterlife, Post-Apocalyptic, Role Playing, by or Fantasy Role Playing, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you type in Afterlife colon Post, you'll get there. Yeah. Um, it's really good. All original, original setting, original rules. Uh, also on our websites are some bits and bobs uh, for role playing, like a dungeon creator, mm-hmm. uh, the Eclipse engines, uh, which is setting agnostic, some rules. We also got links to our Patreon and our Twitter. Come hang out with us, follow us, join our Patreon if you like what we do, and uh, join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master, where I think we're going to be talking about animal companions. Uh, no. No. That's we're later. We're talking about writing we're talking about Cecilia. Yeah, that's right. I'm all out of order because we You out of order. Out of order. We're talking about writing. We're talking about creative writing and the creative process. That's going to be fucking fun. Um, yeah, so check that out. Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pondillo's Finest is the intro and outro to our show. And we will see y'all next time. See you next time.